0: i I Yes, I heard heard my mother call my name in prayer. She was pouring out her heart to Jesus' name. Then I gave my heart to Him, and He saved my soul from sin. Yes, I heard. Yes, I heard my mother call my name and pray. She was pouring out her heart to Jesus' land. Then I gave my heart to Him and He saved my soul from sin. Yes, I heard. Again, it's so nice to have you all here today with us and celebrating Mothers today. I want to have a message today. I want to give a message today on Mom and Jesus because they're very much alike. Mom and Jesus. Happy Mother's Day. You know, Mother's Day is more than just a typical Hallmark card day, there are some holidays that I'm convinced Hallmark makes up just to sell cards and candy. But you know, this is not one of them. Mother's Day is a very special day, and it is a day that we really honor moms because we all have one. You know that? <laughs> we all have a mom, and um, scriptures and the writers of scriptures well point that out. In fact, Proverbs um, is the great passage on the the, the perfect mother. Well, we're not going to go down the road of perfection today. But Proverbs 31 does say, beginning at 28, that her children stand and bless her. So does her husband. He praises her with these words. There are many fine women in the world, but you are the best of them all. And we mean that today. You really are. And we want to just thank you for that. Now, I'm sure that the uh, proverbial Proverbs 31 wife and mother is If she truly is that, then she's so humble that she doesn't even want to talk about it because truly that kind of a person gets uncomfortable when we start giving accolades and those kind of things. But having a mom that is deserving of this is truly a blessing, and we thank you for all that. Now, my mom is in heaven today, and, and I do thank her for being the mom that she was. She was in many ways one of those kind of Proverbs 31 women, even in her own right. Now, let me just stop and say here just to, for a moment because I know that holidays like this can be difficult, like in many other types of holidays, but there may be difficult, difficulties in some people here with mothers on Mother's Day. For, for example, there may be some here that never were able to have babies and you really wanted to, and for that, we're sorry. We, we really can't even begin to understand your grief, but we are empathetic to that and we are so um, standing with you and that. And there are others this morning that maybe you didn't have a good relationship with your mother, so maybe this is a hard day because maybe your relationship wasn't really good as it should have been or what maybe that you wanted it to be. And then there are others here that maybe have just recently lost a mom. Or it might have been 20 years ago and you still feel the pain of mother when she when you think of her. So we just ex- we would just ask that you would accept our prayers for peace in your life no matter what the situation is and just honor your mom today and and we just uh, pray with you as any heartache that you may have come Mother's Day. Then we don't, certainly don't want to open up the wounds. We just want to honor our mothers. Now we see in this passage that God is really giving the godly mother much credit. Because much credit is due godly mothers. They are a gift to us. Mothers are a special gift. To all of us. And I want to talk about some of the things that mothers do for us and then how that relates to what Jesus does for us. First of all, mothers, number one, bring us life. Number one, they are a life giver. Number two, they nurture us. Number three, they are educators. They educate us. Number four, they pray for and they protect us. And then fifthly, they love and they comfort us forever. A mother's love never ends, and the comfort that goes with it never ends. So today as we honor moms in our assembly and in our life, we want to thank you for those, and now we want to draw some interesting correlations from your characteristic of a godly mother to the characteristics of Jesus being a caring uh, father or mother figure, even in his own right. So let's talk about that. Number one, th- they bring us life. Mothers bring us life. Now, mothers are unique in this way in that they are the life givers. Dads, we have our part, but it's a one-time contribution, and it's the fun part, and we won't talk about any more of that. But moms, you have to go through a lot more. You have to uh, spend nine months of your life dedicated to bring in life to that new baby. It's a big investment that you make. It changes your body. It changes you. And you're never the same after that. The fun is over and the work really begins for you. Guys, we may think it's tough living with a pregnant woman. (laughs) I'm not going there either. But the reality is we don't have a clue what they're going through. We don't have a clue what they're feeling like as they're they're, uh, uh, holding and protecting that new fetus and that new baby. It is a miracle of life that's taking place inside the womb of the mother. And it is a special process. It is a miracle of what's happening inside that mom as that baby is taking, taking shape and forming. We see the outward manifestation as that baby grows, as the mama grows a little bit. And it's proof that the baby is being formed that then that miracle of life is actually taking place. This is the miracle of life that God has ordained it to be. Moms, you are so special in that God has anointed you specifically to be the life giver. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that a miracle that happens? And just like a mother is a life giver, Jesus is a life giver as well. That that miracle of, of life that's happening inside of us is as much of a miracle as that life that's growing inside of that new mom. We may not fully appreciate it. We don't fully see what's happening inside the womb of a mother, but it's happening, and we really can't appreciate that either, what's really going on there. And likewise, we really can't or don't appreciate that same miracle life thing that Jesus gives us called eternal life. The fact is that without the new life that Jesus is bringing us, we would be bound for an eternity of separation of death and hell and destruction. But Jesus brings the new life of a new creation, that new life, a miracle. The scriptures declare Jesus as a life giver. John chapter 6, verses 35, then 38 through 40, it says, Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty verse 38 for i have come down from heaven not to do my will but to do, but to do the will of of the one who sent me and this is the will of him who sent me that i shall lose none of all those he has given me but raise them up at the last day for my father's will is that everyone who looks to the son and believes in him shall have eternal life and i will raise him up at that last day this is a passage Truly describing the gestation period of a Christian person. I mean, verse 39 sounds like it's a birthday. That God the Father desires that Jesus will carry us to our full gestation period. And that that on that day, when the time's right, on our time, that Jesus will deliver us into the kingdom of God for an eternal life. Amen. That describes a mother's pregnancy in some ways that our salvation experience and that, that living a life of holiness, which is a, a setting apart from the world, is a daily process. And it is something that we must maintain, and Jesus is there to help us maintain that through our natural life so that at the right time, when the time is right and we are fully developed, that Jesus delivers us then into the Father's home, and we then can spend eternity in heaven. So that's very, it's, it's, it's very similar to what's happening in that unborn baby situation. And what's as important here is as just as important as it is that that newborn baby inside the mother's womb stays connected to the mother through that umbilical cord. That little tiny cord is bringing life-giving blood and nutrients to that baby that allows that baby to grow and baby to develop. If, that, if anything was to happen to that cord or anything was to happen to separate that baby from the mother, the baby would cease, would cease to grow and it would be a problem. Well, likewise, John tells us, in in, uh, the apostle John tells us in in chapter 15, that we are to also remain in Christ. That he talks to us in in the area of how a vine and a branch are related. In, In John chapter 15, verse 4 and 5, it says, "'Remain in me, and I will remain in you. "'No branch can bear fruit by itself. "'It must remain in the vine. "'Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. "'I am the vine, and you are the branches.'" If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You see how that correlates how we must stay connected to Jesus just as that newborn baby is staying connected to the mom? That if there's anything that happens, if anything in our life that was to disconnect us, that we could have a miscarriage, so to speak, of our relationship with Jesus. We must stay connected to the vine and as we do so, his life-giving blood and nutrients will continue to flow into our life and continue to mature us and develop us and to be that child of God. And then there's the outward sign of a growing baby. We all know what that looks like, right? Well, you know, it should be the same thing for a newborn Christian. There should be an outward sign that there's something happening in your life because there should be a sign of Jesus being reflected in your life as a newborn Christian. Our outward sign as a Christian is that as we repent from our past life of sin and bondage, that we're living now not for ourselves any longer, but we're living for Jesus. We are no longer our own. We are bought, and we are no longer our own um, boss. We are now giving our life to Christ, and now he's directing us. We're putting off the old man. And putting on the new man, and it's putting away the natural desires and the old desires of sin, and we're moving away from now I'm pursuing a relationship with Jesus. And that should be outward. People should see that in us. It should be an obvious uh, showing that we are not who we used to be. The first John tells us this, First John chapter three, starting at verse nine. It says, "No one who is born of God will continue to sin." Because God's seed remains in them, they cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother and sister. So there's very obvious outward signs that something's happening in your life. Just like a pregnant mom will continue to grow until the time's right. We as Christians will continue to grow. We'll continue to develop until Jesus takes us home. The other thing that moms do is moms nurture. Moms nurture. A mother's care doesn't end at childbirth. In fact, it's just beginning and it never ends. <laughs> it never ends. Mothers give life through the birthing process and then they sustain it from there by feeding the child and protecting the child mothers if they can they breastfeed and they nurture that baby through their own body if not they will go to other other ways to do that but they really are care they are the prime caregivers of that newborn child and Jesus is as well first john chapter 3 verse 9 and 10 Jesus answered anyone everyone who drinks this water talking about Jesus now being the nurturer Jesus being the caregiver, it says everyone who drinks this water will be, will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Now this is interesting because what's really, what Jesus is saying here is that it's not just one drink that will sustain you forever. What he's saying, no different than a mom giving that child one bottle or one time nursing. No, it is a continuous nursing process. It's a continuing feeding process for both the baby and Christ giving us. Think of it this way. This verse is not saying that it's only one drink of Christ's living water that's enough to sustain us forever what it's really saying is that when you do drink of this life sustaining water that Christ gives it is always satisfying and it always nourishes one time is not enough no more than just one time feeding a baby is enough you notice that after a baby has just been uh, just fed and burped how completely satisfied that baby is I mean, that baby just lays there and just coos and just is so comfortable and and falls asleep, hopefully, thereafter. Same thing with us. We get completely satisfied in Christ. And we know that he clearly is nurturing us and taking care of us. Mothers also educate Mothers also educate us. Now, maybe not so much in our generation, but mothers were, years ago, before the industrial age took over, mothers were the prime educators in the family. The dad would go out and work the fields or go do what he had to do, and quite often mom was the one that did did the educating. Correct? Not so much today, but Jesus is also known as the teacher. Jesus is also the educator of us. He spent three years of his life that we know of in the ministry as he was educating. But i got to imagine that Jesus was educating all throughout his childhood. i got to imagine people were looking to Jesus, even as a young boy, before he came into his ministry years, educating people. In fact, we saw it when he was 12 years old, he was in a temple. He was in a temple talking to the priests at that point, and they were amazed to say, where did this young boy get his knowledge? So even at, even before he came into his legitimate or his official ministry time jesus was an educator he was talking he was teaching people all the time and that was a very important part of his life mark chapter 4 verse 33 and 34 it says that jesus used many such illustrations to teach the people as much as they were ready to understand in fact he taught only by only by illustrations in his public teaching but afterwards when he was alone with his disciples he would explain his meeting to them So here we have a situation where Jesus was overall giving people, the the general public, information, but yet the deep things of the Lord at that time were kept to his disciples. Jesus would go deep with them. He would go to them to the nth degree to make sure that they understood because he was indeed teaching them the things of God that they would then have to then take and teach the people. Jesus spent most of his time with the 12 disciples. He invested most of his time with those 12 men. And then those 12 men with the power of the Holy Spirit after the day of Pentecost came, those 12 men were the ones that were, they were the real change agents of the rest of the world because they wrote the New Testament. And they were the ones that were, that were preaching the gospel. They were the ones that were taking this good news all around the world at that time. Jesus taught them so that they could teach. We, and that's where Jesus is at today. He's teaching us. We are equipping the saints. That's what the role of the church is today, is not just to do all the teaching in here, but we're to equip the saints so that the saints can go out and teach and proclaim the, the same gospel, the same good news into the world. Matthew chapter 9, 34 and 36, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd Jesus had a real passion to teach like moms have a real passion to teach their children the things that they must know as they go into school as they go into their life there's a lot of information that has to transfer from one to the other so moms keep it up you're doing a great job and then fourthly, mothers pray and they protect. We just heard a really great song about a mom's prayer. And man, what a godly, what a, what a great thing that is when godly mothers pray for their children. I don't know that we can really understand how powerful that is. I think the way that Jesus... Created And God created the human family to be under a system of moms and dads together raising children. I think that he gives moms a special heart and a special place of intercession for, his ch- for their children. I can remember, remember my Aunt Florence when I was, uh, when I was uh, 18 years old. I went down and lived in Houston for a year and a half. And my uncle was a pastor and I lived in their house. And I can remember listening early in the morning when I was getting up to do what I was going to do. I can remember hearing my Aunt Florence praying. And she prayed for every one of just, she, had only, she only had two girls. But she prayed for every one of her nieces and her nephews. There's power in a praying mother. Mom, still never stop, don't ever give up. And I'm sure that as Jesus is in heaven and he's listening to the prayers of a mom, I'm sure his ear is attentive. And he's saying, I'm listening. I'm listening. What can I do for you? Jesus also prays for us. John chapter 17, verse 9. This is the high priestly prayer that Jesus was praying to his, for his disciples. and Starting at verse 9, he says, I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but, I, but for those who have given me, that you have given me, for they are yours. What Jesus is saying here, remember, Jesus loves everybody. But only those that have chosen to receive the blood of Jesus are truly children of God. He loves all people. But only those that choose him back are the ones that truly are his child. And this is what, this is what Jesus is talking to his father about right now. He says, I pray for them. I am not praying for the world. Listen to that. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them, and kept them safe by that name that you gave me. Can you see the passion in Jesus' concern for his children? That's the same passion that moms have for their children. That same compassion and that same passion that flows through Jesus flows through godly mothers today. That's pretty awesome. Jesus not only prays for, but he also protects. Peter was proclaiming to Jesus on the night that Jesus was talking about how he was going to die and at the Last Supper and he was gonna, what was going to happen to him. Peter, in his boldness, and you know Peter's exuberance, he just said, Jesus, I am going to go with you to the very end. Yeah. And then Jesus, knowing Peter and knowing Peter's weaknesses, he says this. He says, Peter... I'm going to tell you otherwise, because you're not what you think you are right now. And Jesus says this in Luke chapter 22. He says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. This is really important, guys, because Jesus did not take Peter out of the temptation. Jesus did not take Peter out of the situation. Peter had to go through it. Moms, your kids are going to go through some tough stuff. You can't take them out of it. You have to allow them to go through it. What you do is what Jesus did, and he says, I pray for you, Simon Peter, that your faith may not fail. So moms, pray for your kids. Pray for your kids. They're going through some hard stuff. College years are hard years, Young, married life is tough. Coming to that point of finding that right mate or finding that right job is tough. We can't just give them the answers. <laughs> I would threaten my girls all the time that I'm all for pre-arranged marriages. Prearranged them. I'll go find the spouse for you and I'll just, we'll do it that way. They don't like that idea. I said, I would get you a good one. Trust me. Can't work that way. They have to find their own. And they have to dig in, and they have to do their own things, and they have to trust God as well. And so Jesus is saying, Peter, I'm praying for you. And here's the thing, that um, Jesus is also saying to Peter, even in your failures, I still believe in you. Even when you fail, Peter, I still believe in you. Kids, your moms are saying, even when you fall down, they still believe in you. They're not giving up on you. Jesus didn't give up on Peter. It's a natural motherly instinct to protect her young ones. Don't get between a mama bear and her cubs. Not a good place to be. Well, they know that they have their job to do. And it doesn't make any difference how old the kids are. Mamas are still going to protect their babies. It just happens that way. You know, it's so important that we realize that Jesus is the same way. He protects us, not only from our physical self, but also our reputations. 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father today making intercession for the saints. Jesus is up there today still praying for us, still working on our behalf. He still believes in us no matter how many times we've messed up or fallen down. Many have the wrong impression that Jesus is a taskmaster, that God is hard and he's angry and he's just waiting to hit somebody with a big heavenly hammer. Nothing could be more f- farther from the truth. Jesus is on our side. He is protecting you as a mother protects your child. He's defending you against the attacks of the enemy. He is your advocate today. He's coming to your side to help you get through some of these struggles. And all we have to do is, while we have the chance, we have to choose him. Choose him to be that advocate for us. And then, fifthly, last thing, is a mother's love and comfort never ends. What better way to finish a Mother's Day message than to talk about the love of a mother We've all heard it said many ways, many different times, that this boy has only a face a mother could love. <laughs> yeah. Or do they only act the way a mother could love because they just don't act any other way. And so mothers just have a way to look past all the obvious stuff. They love and they love and they love. No matter what's going on, the most, under the most difficult situations, a mother never stops loving her children. A mom's love is unconditional. Now, it doesn't always mean that moms agree with what's going on. There are many times that moms don't agree with what's going on, but that doesn't change their love. Their love is, is, is lined up with that child no matter what that child does. She may be very heartbroken, may be very saddened over what's going on, but she still loves the child. In fact, that really is a definition of love. See, if the love is only there when the child is pleasing her, it's really not love. Love goes much deeper than what the pleasing happens. Love is there even when there's great harm being done. Well, that's the way Jesus is. Also, mothers discipline through this love. Well, and so does Jesus. Mothers discipline children because they are doing things that need to be disciplined. Because mothers know that if I don't discipline this, if I allow this action to continue on the way it is, the problem will only get bigger as the child gets bigger. So they have to learn how to correct at the right time. Same thing with Jesus. Now, we could go through many scriptures, and I'm not going to take the time to do this, because we know that God disciplines his children because he loves us so much. Without that, we would be totally out of control and totally have no future if we didn't have the disciplinary love of moms and of God. It's important. Revelation 3.19, Jesus spoke to the church of Laodicea. He says, For those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. That's just a simple verse, but there's many other passages that talks about that. A mother's love, like Christ's love, is strong enough to risk being a force to reckon with. Love, discipline, is not always easy. Loving discipline hurts. It hurts the mom as much or probably more than it does the child. You know it, moms. If you have to spank your child, it's not fun. Don't look forward to it, do you? I hope not. Maybe it, maybe that first swipe and anger made me feel good. But after that, I think you start realizing that, oh, this is not fun. But that's happen- it has to happen that way. Jesus, in all of these attributes of love, comforts us. The most important thing is knowing that his comfort, his, loving is, his love is to comfort us in our times of trouble. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, in the, new, in, the, in the Living Bible Translation, it says in verse 3, What a wonderful God we have. He is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the source of every mercy and the one who so wonderfully comforts And strengthens us in our hardships and trials. And why does he do this? So that when others are troubled, needing our sympathy and encouragement, we can pass on to them the same help and comfort that God has given us. You can be sure that the more we undergo sufferings for Christ, the more he will shower us with his comfort and his encouragement. Now, you may not always feel that way today. Maybe there are times you feel alone. Maybe you're not comforted so much. But recognize that Jesus is not leaving you alone. There is nothing that you can do to escape the love of Christ. You may feel alone sometimes. You may feel like you're not maybe um, hearing the voice of the Lord sometimes. But we know that God's love is never removed. Just like a mother's love is never removed. In those times of trouble, in those times of, of severe testing and tribulation. God's love comforts us and protects us from our deepest despairs if we would only reach out. Children, as they are being guided by their parent, quite often they will pull their hand away at the most critical time and it's only an observant mother will reach down and grab the hand of the child. When that, when that, when that child slipped away, thinking that child thinks he's got it, going down that step maybe, thinks, oh, I, I got this mom. And the mom sees the steps bigger than the length of the legs of the little child and knows that if she doesn't grab them, she's toppling. Well, that mother, an observant mother will reach down and grab that child and save that child just at the last minute. It's exactly what Jesus is doing. He's reaching down constantly and pulling us up. You know, it's going to be amazing when we finally get to heaven. It's going to be really fun talking to Jesus and saying, how many times did you spare me from trouble that I didn't even know I was running into? How many times did I avoid that, that accident by taking the other route? Or whatever the situation is, how many things were we averted? Well, that's God's hand coming down and reaching us down and pulling us up out of the mire just at the right moment. I'm so thankful that I have a relationship with a father and a God that loves me that way. Aren't you? Doesn't that give us a, just a great sense of peace, knowing that God loves us so much? John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. That's the role of Christ, to save us as we would be willing to be saved. Jackie, if you'd come, we'll wind us down. L- let's talk about love just for a minute because love requires at least two parties, it requires two parties i, I love uh, unless it's received really has no value does that make sense in other words god loves us so much but if that love doesn't reflect off something and reflect to back to god that love is really of no value there's two parties here in this passage we've been talking about jesus and god loved so much that God sent Jesus and Jesus did the work. God loves loves us so much that he sent Jesus to come to the cross. Because of what they did now, we have eternal life if we will receive eternal life. If it doesn't come, if we don't receive it, then that love really has no value. So the significant part here is that we need to complete our part of the process. We have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to reflect the love back that God has sent to us. The question is this morning, are we doing that? Just like are you honoring your mom, are you honoring Jesus by reflecting his love back to him? We tell our moms, thank you for being a good mom. Thank you for being there for me when I need to be there. But are we taking the time to thank Jesus? Are we taking the time to receive his love and to reflect it back to him? It's really important that we do that so that we then complete that cycle of love. So this morning, as we finish this, I would just like to put the challenge out to all of us this morning. Am I doing that? First of all, are you appreciating your mom? Secondly, are you appreciating Jesus? Are you really doing that this morning? As we sing the song that Jackie's playing, I just want to take some time that we would just think about that and that we would just, let's, let's just sing this, and let's just then reflect the fact that, Lord Jesus, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful of what you've done for me, but, Lord, don't let me waste it. I know you're not a wasting God, so don't let me waste your love. Let me, refle- let me reflect it back. Let me apply it in my life. In Jesus' name, stand with me, if you would. Father, we thank you for that name. We thank you, Lord, the way that you care for us and that you love us and that you've given us a great model to follow. Lord, that we as humans, as moms and dads, that we can follow your example and that you've given us that same model that we can see here on this earth and how it all plays out. But Lord, we really do thank you. We really do come to you and thank you for your mercies and your grace. And Lord, as we honor moms today, we honor you because you created it all. It was your idea. And we reflect that back to you, thanking you for your, for your perfect plan. And then we just surrender to that. In Jesus' name. This morning, I, I just encourage you to think about that and press into that and, and just allow Jesus to, to be everything he is to, to your life as you go throughout this day. Amen.